2: Right now Darren you know, Andre Dupont, the old Philadelphia Flyer tough guy, was nicknamed Moose. And you being a tough guy. Right. But in hockey, when I was younger, another player came across the middle and made the most devastating check I've ever made in my life. Take off the helmet, and it's a girl. And so the coach laughed, at a boy, Moose, just like the Moose. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is, right? The one sports show where roughing is encouraged. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you happen to be watching. Welcome to the Rod Peterson Show. Darren Dupont out in the hot, hot... Carolina sun as we welcome you in on a Wednesday afternoon. Yes, noon Eastern. It is 10 a.m. out in the mountains back up in Canada. But we are here in North Carolina. I'll get to that coming up in a moment. Um, Darren DuPont with you here today. Rod is traveling. He'll be down with me later this week. We are here and going to be calling a lot of football. Um, It is A BIG FLAG FOOTBALL EVENT INCLUDING THE IFAF INTERNATIONAL WORLD FLAG CHAMPIONSHIPS. THAT'S HAPPENING OVER ON THE MAIN COURT. WE GOT A LOT OF THE FLAG uh, ONE CHAMPIONSHIPS BACK HERE. USA FOOTBALL IS THE HOST. AND THEY BROUGHT ROD AND I DOWN HERE TO DO SOME OF THE uh, PLAY-BY-PLAY DUTIES THAT WE'LL BE HANDLING A LITTLE BIT THROUGHOUT THE WEEK AND THEN SETTING UP FOR CHAMPIONSHIP WEEKEND THIS WEEKEND. SO WE ARE IN CHARLOTTE ON THE CAMPUS OF UNC. THIS IS GOING TO BE FUN. THE uh, CAROLINA PANTHERS are going to be a part of this week. I'm going to be coming down for some fan activities, so we're going to be spending some time with them, um, getting to know these teams, getting to know USA football a little bit, and uh, the Canadian teams are here. I know Canada was playing just over my shoulder just a few moments ago, and I think they were winning, so that was good. Go Canada! Uh, They'll be up against the U.S. on the women's side tomorrow. So uh, lots of fun happening here all week, and of course, Rod will be back in the show and in the big chair um, tomorrow. Lots to get to on today's program it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to move fast a little housekeeping 902-518-3033 is the number to text the show Uh, get your text messages in right now Um, we'll get to that in a moment we'll get to the poll question for uh, for key coming up shortly as well Um, Justin Dunk will be alongside here in our one Deshaun Amos of the Toronto Argonauts will be alongside for our weekly CFLPA player spotlight later this hour. And Nick Elberger, the host of Leafs Morning Take on the Nation Network, will be alongside an hour two. We'll get his assessment on general manager Brad Tree Living's activity through five days of free agency. And are the Leafs a better team now than they were a couple of months ago, or are they worse? than when they played the Florida Panthers in round two and lost in five games in that second round series in the NHL playoffs. We'll find out about that. We've gone yesterday with Alan May, the Washington Capitals, and we had hustler Andrew Patterson from Winnipeg Sports Talk on yesterday getting an intimate look at the Jets. So today we'll go out east and look at the Toronto Maple Leafs in free agency and look at maybe what's next. We'll also get to the CFL as well, but... Clark, you let me know when Justin's logged in and ready. Plenty going on today. Yeah, absolutely. So while we wait for Justin, um, let's get to a couple of things. Um, Yesterday was a great day getting into Carolina, um, and this is a place I've never been. I don't even think I've stopped over at the Charlotte Airport. Um, I was supposed to when I left Rod in Fort Lauderdale for our 1,000th show, but I ended up rerouting to go to Dallas so I could hang out with my friend Cole in Dallas and do that thing. So first time in Charlotte and first impressions in in, in North Carolina, the first impressions are outstanding. This is a mix of Florida and back home up in Canada and Saskatchewan. I mean, you have the the beautiful countryside and the country lifestyle and uh, a little bit of that. It feels a lot of back home and the small town feel but then you've got some of the tropical vegetation and you've got the big city thing. They're almost pushing towards a million people in Charlotte. So it's good to be here. I know the golf courses are great down here. I've all world-class, I won't get to play. But there's lots of great things happening here in Charlotte. Let's go to the YouTube chat and we'll say good morning. I know everybody's piling in here this morning. Bo's watching from sunny Saskatoon. I know heat wave going through Canada as well. It's going to be up over 30 degrees, maybe close to 35 degrees on the Celsius scale here in Charlotte. So feeling you, we got some water, we're under the shade. It's awesome. Uh, Stephen Jacobson says greetings. Uh, No hallucinations from beautiful 62 degree Minot, North Dakota. Uh, so while Rod has his head in the clouds, let's have fun. Um, Wayne Grolo is watching and says, Good morning, Rod squad from Victoria. John Ohm, good morning. And uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan wants to apologize. Okay. Uh, yesterday, report the nation's 4th of July uh, contest was canceled. It wasn't. Yep, that's right. So uh, Rod knocked out one and uh, was okay with it. That's good uh, guys. You've activated uh, the, the audio feedback coming back here. Just so you guys know, if you want to kill it, you can. Ryan H. says, uh, way to go, Dupe Troop. Dupe Troop. That could be a name. I could get into that. Uh, it's going to be a great show. It is. Uh, they say happy hump day, swerve. And, uh, yes, Rod is, uh, he might be in the sky right now. Thanks, guys. Good job killing that. Um, so away we go. CFL week four. We'll start next week, but uh, we're here now, and I was going to say, when you asked if Rod had his head in the clouds, I thought it was really cool yesterday. When I was flying in, the flight kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed, and so I didn't arrive into the Charlotte airport until after, well, right around midnight, just before midnight, and, and got to our place uh, just after midnight to the house. But um, when we were flying, I opened, popped a window open, and the moon was right there like it was huge and it was right out the window i thought that was the coolest thing ever i don't spend enough time looking out the windows on the airplane but the moon was right there on a somewhat of a clear night so that was uh, that was awesome we've got justin dunk from three down nation logged in he's going to be with us for two segments here this morning jd how are you brother doing well man
1: what about you down
2: there i'm, I'm doing well we're missing you down here wish you were here. But uh, it's hot, 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 sunny, and uh, the flag football's going on right now. So uh, we're into the swing of things, man.
1: Hard to beat it, buddy. Great weather and football going on. I love it.
2: Yeah, it's going to be great. Looking forward to it. And we're looking forward to uh, week five in the Canadian Football League getting set to kick off. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to, you know, some of the NHL free agency. But I wanted to start with... Point one, AND I GUESS, JORDAN, IF YOU'VE GOT THE QUICK SIX SHOWHORN, YOU MIGHT AS WELL HIT IT. SO LET'S HIT IT AND GET TO POINT ONE. VLADIMIR GUERRERO JR., THE JAYS, HE HOMERED IN THE EIGHTH INNING, LIFTING THE JAYS PAST THE WHITE SOX TO SNAP A SHORT LOSING STREAK. THE JAYS ARE ROLLING NOW. But the big story: Alec Manola set to return to the Jays after a stint in the minors. He's scheduled to start Friday, the game at Detroit. The Cy Young finalist. He's one in seven, with a 6.36 ERA. That prompted him to get sent down. The 25-year-old went five innings, ten strikeouts, and allowed just one run in an appearance Sunday in Double A. So. Justin, the, f- the first thought is, is Alec Manoa going to step right back into the Jays lineup? and how much you're following the Jays. Is he going to step right back in and be the Cy Young contender, or is this going to take some time, and do fans have to be patient with the Alex Manoa return?
1: Fans need to be patient. I've been following closely, talking with it about it, a bunch of people around Toronto, and I think what happened with Alec Manoa here is that he got a little high on his horse, let's say, and did so well last year, really, his first full season in the majors, and as you mentioned, was a Cy Young finalist. And I don't think put in the required work in the offseason. He seemed to me to show up out of shape, and he got beat around early in the season. And I'm wondering if he's going to be a one hit wonder. That's what sticks out most to me. I know he's gone through this rehab stint in the minors, but it looks bad on the Jays that they even had to send him down here to keep this guy in the majors. So, The jury is out for me on Manoa until he actually comes back and shows us.
2: That's the case, man, with a lot of pro athletes. Like, when you get a little taste of success, right, you start to put your feet up a little bit in some cases, right? You got a little more money. You've got a little more, you know, fans want a piece of you. You've got more events to go to. You know, it feels like in tennis, maybe that's what happened with Jeannie Bouchard. You see that all the time, the Anna Kornikova thing. Um, Is that... What Manoa's in, in danger of becoming, you know, right now, being a one hit wonder. How how realistic do you think that is, and, and what are the chances, do you think, of him uh, coming back and playing well?
1: Cool. There's a lot to digest there, but I think, first of all, that's exactly what happened to him. I think he relaxed a little bit and maybe didn't work as hard as he did to get to that level of being a Scion finalist because when you're on the come up and you're making a name for yourself, you have that hunger. And To me, that's what separates the one-hit wonders from the guys who have long careers and then obviously the greatest of all time, right? I know you love your tennis. Novak Djokovic is talking about winning his 24th Grand Slam major and he's hungrier than ever, he says, and he might be in the best shape ever. That dude is just different mentally. And I think that's where Alec Manoa has gone wrong here. He had one good year, but he could just show up, pitch well, and continue to do so without some of the required work behind the scenes. And taking it a little bit lazy let's say or taking the foot off the gas pedal so i think the chances of him getting back to that level are not as good as some people would think just because you've done it before doesn't mean you can do it again until you prove that you can do it again so i think it's a long shot that he ever gets back to that level until he shows that his mindset has changed
2: yeah, you've got to continue to put in the work. I mean, you've got batters and, and hitters on the other side that are constantly scouting what you're doing. You have to keep evolving, keep playing. I'm curious. I mean, it's nice to see 10 strikeouts in, in uh, his left final tune-up game on Sunday, but that's double-A. That's not the majors. Um, it'll be curious to see what happens when he when he hits the mound. And, um, and really, the lights are on him. But it was a good sign last night when Vladi hit the home run. I know he hasn't had the best season but do you see this Jays team you know if if Manoa can come back and give you a few good starts can you see this team starting to turn the corner a little bit it was a tough series Canada Day against you know Boston in the division and they have really struggled early but you know what what sense are you getting from people in Toronto can this team turn the corner
1: The key to me is they got to play better against those American League East teams, right? Against all the other teams, they seem to do fairly well. They're well above 500, and the American League East, they've gotten beaten up. So they need some help on the pitching staff, and hopefully, if you're the Jays' front office and the coaching staff and the fans, Alec Manoa can provide that. And we talk about, you know, not a great year for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Well, he's still an all-star, has a bunch of home runs, is among the top RBI guys in the majors. So... That's pretty good for a kind of a down year, but the sense around Toronto is that they got to compete more in these American League East games that are obviously ultra-competitive, but they seem to be fine against everybody else. And then the bats mostly have gone quiet. Like, you look at a guy like Kevin Gosman, who's had a great year, but just hasn't had the run support in some of his starts, especially in those American League East starts. So I think that's what needs to happen, is the pitching has to be more consistent. And Gosman definitely has been the one guy, I think the best guy on the staff so far. And the bats got to be more consistent, especially against the AL East.
2: Yeah. Uh absolutely. Well we'll see if the Jays can do that and Manoa will be on the mound Friday when the Jays take on Detroit. Um, we're here at the Flag Football Championships over my shoulder. Justin, why are you why why didn't you get out here and play? Like when I look at Team Canada, if if you wanna look, I don't know if you're following it, but up in Canada, um, it was that group of Mason Nias and Mitch Hillis and Colton Claussen that just won the nationals. They're going to compete in this next year in 2024. Did you never thought you guys never put the flag group together cuz in the prairies those Huskies and Rams they're playing these flag games all the time.
1: I like it, but football's a young man's game, even the flag game, man. Like, you got to be quick and fast. And I would say more closer to having played football, which Mason Nias and those guys you listed off are. So we never really talked about that. Honestly, dude, back in my day, touch football was the game. I like where everything has gone with flag football, but there's still something to me about grabbing that flag that seems like it's a little bit lucky. I know you can't spin and all that kind of stuff, and grabbing the flag is an art in itself, but... Touch with my game back in the day, and there was some national tackle tournaments after my university career. I know Michael Folds, I think, went over to Europe and helped Canada win a medal. I forget what color it was, but the great Western University quarterback who's a good Guelph boy, went to John F. Ross High School in Guelph. Shout out to the Royals. So it's definitely something that I thought of, but I'll leave it to the young men like Mason Nias to get out there.
2: So you're saying you, me, and Matt Young couldn't put a team in and compete at this level? (laughs) I think we'd be jacked up to do it. I would have to train you and Matty
1: Young for a little while before we even get on the field.
2: (laughs) The toe tapping on the (laughs) sidelines. I could see it right now. He'd be all over the highlight reel. Awesome. Okay, we're going to get to the poll question. We're going to get to CFL week five. We're going to get to little NHL free agency. Uh, That's all coming up ahead. the number to call or to text the show 902-518-3033. RodPeterson.com is the website. We're going to step aside here for a minute. We're going to come back. We're going to get to week five of the Canadian Football League and a little bit more, and we'll get to that poll question as well for uh, Yorkton Kia. We'll do that on the other side of the break. You're watching The Rod Peterson Show live across the country on the Game Plus Television Network. You're streaming on YouTube Live or you're listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify.
0: Are you tired of overspending on your purchases? Say hello to local deals available on the MySask411 app, which brings you amazing deals and offers right at your fingertips. With a few taps, you can save big on your next shopping spree from dining to clothing. MySask411 has discounts for all your needs. Download the MySask411 app and start saving today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. How about that?
2: Hey, back in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we welcome you in from the campus, UNC. Darren DuPont in for Rod Peterson. will be back in this big chair tomorrow. Uh, he's in the air today. Well, hoping he's in the air today. If he can get everything sorted out at the airport. Not saying there's a problem, but we welcome in Justin Dunk, who's with us for one more segment. We'll get into CFL Week 5, and I guess before we look ahead, let's look back one final to the middle of the week, and we'll get to our poll question here um, for, for the key group here right away. But when you look back at Week 4, Justin, what were your big takeaways uh, from Week 4 and, and a, and a sh- I guess, I don't want to say a shortened week, but uh, a week with less games on the schedule?
1: smaller week only three games with three teams off on bye. and what i took away from it is the toronto argonauts are for real as the defending grey cup champions i'm very curious to see when they face off against the winnipeg blue bombers later in the season but they intercept vernon adams jr six times and for as good as big play va was and made a bunch of big plays in the first three weeks he erased all of that with six interceptions and shows that he still can be Very up and down. It looked like he was going to be more consistent over those first three weeks, but this week four has given me pause with VA in terms of putting him up there with one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL right now. So he's going to come out and have to have something to prove and put that game behind him and show it was an anomaly in 2023.
2: Everybody wants to put BC ahead of Winnipeg in their power rankings on various sites and platforms just because they beat them head-to-head. That's two weeks ago already, right? When I look at power rankings, I look at if the two teams played today, who would be favored, right? Who would the betting odds favor? Who would probably win? And if it was BC-Winnipeg today, Justin, who wins that football game or who should be favored to win that football game?
1: It's Winnipeg, and I take it one step further. I do it the exact same way as you, Deuce, but I look at it from a neutral field perspective, right? Because if Winnipeg's at home against BC, Winnipeg's going to be a favorite even though they got beat a couple weeks ago. So neutral field, I still think Winnipeg would be a short favorite because Winnipeg has shown in the past, and this is what factors largely into betting lines, that they can bounce back from a one-game anomaly. Vernon Adams Jr. has shown that he can run hot and cold for multiple games. So that's why Blue Bombers would be favorites if they played today.
2: The poll question is for Yorkton Kia. Today's poll question is, what is Canada's Game of the Week? We do it every week on Wednesdays leading into the CFL season. And so your options this week for Canada's Game of the Week. Week 5 will open Thursday with Edmonton at Saskatchewan. Uh, the 0-4 Elks against the 2-1 Riders. On Friday, Calgary's in Winnipeg. The Stamps are 1-2. Winnipeg's 3-1. Saturday, Ottawa, with their one and two record, are on the road in Hamilton, who are zero and three. And on Sunday, the week wraps up with BC three and one against the two and one Montreal Alouettes. So, Justin, to you, what's your game of the week?
1: Well, we know there's going to be lots of eyeballs on Chris Jones anytime he comes back to Regina, Saskatchewan. It's always easy to go with the riders in these selections, but I'm going to go to that Lions Alouettes game because. There was a lot of hype around BC, as we talked about, over the first three weeks, and they beat Winnipeg, and they were undefeated going into Toronto. And not quite the same amount of hype across the country, but in Montreal and Quebec, there was a lot of people feeling good about the Alouettes because they were undefeated before they lost to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in that rain-soaked game at Percival Molson Stadium. So I'm very curious about this game because I want to see who can prove that they can bounce back and are mentally enough there to get back from a deflating loss now i think the alouettes should still feel pretty good about themselves because they hung with the blue bombers for a while and it was really just the offense that couldn't generate enough big plays and score touchdowns to be in that game with winnipeg so i like the alouettes in that ball game but i'm really curious to see who bounces back vernon Adams jr cody fujardo and the rest on the team
2: it's gonna be fun and it's the what the only game this week that features two teams with a winning record Right, so that'll be fun to watch those two teams go head-to-head. The other one I'm interested in is Ottawa-Hamilton, right? Where is, where is Hamilton at, you know, 0-3? But Ottawa gets Jeremiah Massoli back this week. We thought about Alec Manoa coming back from struggling a little bit. Well, Mazzoli's been out for a year, still dealing with those leg injuries and complications from surgery. So what should the expectations for Red Blacks fans be around Jeremiah Masoli?
1: I think they should give him a few weeks to work into this. we got to remember, it's one year, actually, almost to the day that he was hit by Garrett Marino, where he sustained a broken femur. I don't think enough people know that. Like This was a serious injury. He had multiple setbacks that he's had to work back from. So, credit Sean Burke, the general manager there, and Bob Dice, the head coach, for giving Masoli the required time to get back to 100%, and now it's all mental. He needs to regain the confidence to where he can take a shot and get back up, and know that nothing in his body is going to break, or be injured so i think that is very critical here and as for Masoli, in terms of this outing it's actually the first time he returns to hamilton as a player since he left to sign with the red blacks in free agency after spending almost a decade with the tiger cats but i think you can expect a solid if unspectacular outing now that said Masoli did start the season with a bang last year in winnipeg when not a lot of people expected that and he has had a decent amount of practice time with this receiving core, you know, it's Jalen Acklin really well, and the Red Blacks, I think, can protect well. they got a solid to great offensive line. I think they can have the capability to play great there. So I would expect solid, but I think there is some upside there as well.
2: I'm really looking forward to it, too, because this league is better when more elite quarterbacks are on the field. Jeremiah Masoli, I think, can still be an elite quarterback in the Canadian Football League. He's not that old. He's been in the league for 10 years. He's had some experience. So I think, you know, the league is better if he's better, right? It definitely
1: is. And we need to see that across the CFL. Better quarterback play means more points, means more excitement, means more viewers, means more money.
2: So to the Edmonton-Saskatchewan game that's going to open the, C- er, open the week tomorrow, I, I see the Riders injury report comes out coming out of the bye week, and it's longer than going into the bye week. Brett Lother's now on the injury report. Um, well, Jorgen Hughes, we knew, was on it, but that was the illness. Trevor Harris is on there dealing with the back. Um, where do you see the Riders? I know they're two and one but where do you see them coming out of this bye week? And, you know, there's so much intrigue in this game because of the elk factor and Chris Jones on the other side. But starting with the Riders, where are they at coming out of the bye week in terms of, you know, not just the health of this group, but where they are at as a competitive team?
1: I see the Riders as a team with their arrow pointing up. That one loss was an 18-point home beatdown in Winnipeg, but Trevor Harris threw for over 400 yards in that game, didn't turn the football over, had three touchdowns through the air, and it looks like Sean Bain Jr. is an emerging dynamic threat at receiver to go along with some of the other targets he has in that receiving court. The offensive line still think he needs to play better. They're going to want to get Gerald Hawkins back and I'm sure that would help Trevor Harris in terms of the protection it seems like he really likes Hawkins on that left side Jamal Morrow is one of the best running backs in the league right now if not the best I mean he popped the rushing chart entering that bye week and then the defense I don't think necessarily has even played its best football yet And I think Pete Robertson you go back to finding that form where it got off to such a great start last season before kind of getting plagued by injuries through the rest of the year that slowed him down I think there's some intriguing pieces on that defense you got Larry Dean and Derek Moncrief playing at high level. Some younger players in the secondary, but also Nick Marshall there. And obviously want to see Brett Lawler get healthy. So I like where this team is headed. I like the character of this team with Trevor Harris, a quarterback, his mentality, the way that he's leading this team through at least the first three weeks of the season.
2: Feels like there's a lot more positivity and optimism around the Riders, and that's, that's a good thing. Not so much for Edmonton and the Elks and Chris Jones. And I almost hate that we got to talk about this every week that another loss piles up for Edmonton, but we do. And the questions keep coming into the show. They keep being asked of me and Rod. And and even Rod brought it up on the show, you know, can Chris Jones survive another loss? And we're going to ask the question this week and if he's another week and another week. So how do we put this to bed or, or where do we put this Um, Or is this just going to simply be something that is going to get discussed every single week?
1: I think fans will discuss it every week. But what the uninitiated should know is that if you fire Chris Jones, who are you going to make as the interim head coach? Everybody on that staff is close to Chris Jones, and you're alluding to it there, the money factor of it. So the Elks can get out from this contract because Chris Jones signed his deal as four essentially one-year team option. So they can get out of this deal after the season, but you're stuck with Chris Jones for this year, like it or not. Now, I do think there are some positive signs with this team, the special teams have been solid. The defense does look very intriguing, but the offense simply has to move the football. What I can't understand here with the Elks is, you bench Taylor Cornelius, you put in Jared, don't teach me how to daggy because he hasn't shown us anything flashy yet, especially in that first career start. And you don't go with Trey Ford. And now you're going back to Taylor Cornelius. Like, let a quarterback have a little bit of runway here. And I was one of the guys calling for Cornelius to be sat down and someone else to be put in there. And I thought it should have been Trey Ford. He showed some flashes last year. He showed he could at least win a football game on the road in Hamilton in his first career start. And we haven't seen Cornelius do that this year. And the same with Daggy. So I think they should be going with Ford. But they got to get settled here at quarterback and find a rhythm quickly on offense.
2: Yeah. And and why do you think that is? I was thinking the same thing. I thought, okay, if Cornelius struggles a little bit, they'll go turn right to Trey Ford and give him a chance with this team. I thought he looked pretty good until the injury last season. So why is it? Is it just a, a case of, you know, liking the other guys better or is there a level of trust that's not quite there yet?
1: It could be a bit of both, but I think there was a level of trust with Trey Ford last year to run him out there in his rookie year as a first-round draft pick. Like Chris Jones invested a lot of draft capital to get this kid on his roster. He's one of the best athletes in the CFL, bar none. I don't care what your passport is, Canadian, American, global alien or otherwise this dude is a freak athlete so you want him on the field i think what happened here is they were really intrigued by Jarrett daggy in that game where cornelius got benched and Ford wasn't on the roster right because they had at the time kyle locksley running the short yardage packages. And now he's, as we've reported at 3 signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Loxley that is. So I think that's part of the reason they went with Daggy. He looked intriguing and they thought, hey, let's give this kid a start after he looked good coming in off the bench. And Ford just hasn't gotten into the mix. Now Ford will be active this week. And I think that could pave the way for potential playing time for him. And he's the guy, I think, that brings the most potential spark to this team because he can make those off-schedule plays, let's say, outside the pocket. Imagine Gino Lewis, Stephen Dunbar Jr., Dylan Mitchell running free with extra time down the field or finding holes in the zones with Trey Ford on the run. Like That, to me, is a scary proposition because Taylor Cornelius has not shown that ability to be dynamic at all this season. And Jared Dagie has a little bit of question.
2: So you talked about Kyle Oxley, and that's the last thing I wanna ask you here. And then I've got one viewer question before we let you go. The Hamilton quarterback situation, what is it? What does it look like heading into week five and even looking ahead to week six, seven, eight? Where, are, where is that Hamilton quarterback situation?
1: Well, for right now, Bolivian well, Mitchell is still on the six-game injured list. There were some people around the league who thought maybe he could come back after the bye. There were other people that felt like this injury could actually last a little longer. So, based off what they've done in practice early this week, leading into this game against Ottawa, it seems like it's going to be Matthew Shields again. Matthew Shields played really well, especially to start the game in his last timeout before the bye. But he's got to convert these field goal opportunities into touchdowns when he's driving the team deep in the end zone, and hitting Tim White on some deep balls, and developing a rapport with Duke Williams. So I think there's something there with Schultz. There were a couple other teams that were interested in him if he would have hit the open market in free agency, but the Tiger cats smartly re signed him. And the Tiger Cats bring in Kyle Oxley to be their short yardage guy who has experience also as a quarterback in this league. So if Bo Levin Mitchell isn't coming back anytime soon, or even isn't coming back this week, you know Locksley could go in in a pinch if Schultz got hurt.
2: Okay, and Craig Campbell writes in on YouTube on the chat, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to this or not. I'm not expecting you to, but he says, Justin, what prospects should we watch for at the upcoming U18 Canada Cup Football Championship in Edmonton? I don't know if you're watching the, the young kids, oh, but... I know, right? I knew it would be a curb, but, but I want to transition that into, you know, the next stage of football and where you see football at in this country, not only at the young level, but that to use sports. And, you know, you mentioned Trey Ford developing more prospects for the pros. Where's football at in this country right now in your mind?
1: Yeah, I'll answer that question real quickly. If you want to find out some of the best prospects going into that competition, go to CanadaFootballChat.com. They do a great job of tracking players through high school and guys who are going to the NCAA. But overall, football as a whole in this country could not have more talent coming through the pipeline. That is Canadians leaving for prep schools early in the United States and going to get scholarships in the NCAA. That includes players who stay in Canada for high school and get scholarships coming out of Canadian institutions, or I should say, Canadian high schools or prep schools, and going south. That includes players going from Canadian university or Canadian high schools to Canadian universities. So, it is at an all-time high, I think, in terms of how many kids are developing into excellent young football players in this country. And you know, you're at the flag football championships there for the USA, and I think flag football is a thing that has really helped develop a skill set and better ball skills. And we're seeing more and more of it across the country. Jim Mullen with Football Canada has done a great job getting out there and having the Football Canada logo on flags across the country. I'll give you an example. My nephews Liam and Elliot. I'm coaching them in a local Under Armour Under the Lights League. And the flags that they have, my man, have the Football Canada logo on them. It doesn't have NFL. It doesn't have CFL. It has Football Canada. So I really like what Jim Mullen has done in terms of being proactive and being out there right that's the key thing is getting out there and in front of these kids and showing them hey this game can be really fun and i can see with my nephews they've taken to it now i told them just because uncle justin played quarterback at university doesn't mean that you got to go and play football but they're really having a blast a couple of their buddies are out there and you can see a lot of these other kids taking to it and the way that it's being run in this country i think is better and just a more sort of politely Canadian boastful way that Jim Mullen is going about it with Football Canada.
2: I love it. Great plug. And it's good to see because the NFL flag football program is incredible. They do awesome things. But in this country, it'd be good to see more Canadian flag football, Canadian branding. Good stuff. Okay, man, we'll, uh, we'll check in with you real soon, okay, when I get back next week. And uh, thanks for uh, jumping in here for a couple segments. You bet,
1: buddy. Make sure you put on some sunscreen down there. Don't catch your red lobster burn, okay?
2: How about that? I know. Good reminder. I will do that. Justin Dunk (laughs) is from 3downnation.com with us here this afternoon on the program. Deshaun Amos and the CFLPA player Spotlight is on the way next. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Rod, back in the chair. Tomorrow, you're watching across Canada on the Game Plus television network and throughout the United States, streaming on YouTube Live and listening on the podcast on demand on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher.
0: Get the card that gets you every blockbuster movie this summer for just 9 dollars Landmark Cinema's Movie Club. Every movie. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. dollars Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. The Flash. Oppenheimer. The Little Mermaid. Barbie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. The Meg 2. And Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. You get the idea, but we're running out of time. Every ticket, just 9 dollars Get all the movies. Get the deal. Join today at LandmarkExtras.com. Landmark Cinema's Movie Club. For movie lovers. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson.
2: Darren DuPont here from... Charlotte, North Carolina, the IFAF World Continental Flag Football Championships, the one flag championship, it's all going on. Over 100 teams here over this field, the big grandstands on the other side, and uh, we're going to have some play-by-play calls throughout the whole thing. You're going to watch on, the, uh, I believe, the Olympic Channel throughout the United States. You can stream on the IFAF website across Canada and home team as well. we're gonna have Deshaun Amos in here momentarily for the CFLPA Player Spotlight. He's just logging in. When he does, we'll get him in here. But as we continue through, Justin Dunk is with us last segment, teeing us up for week five in the Canadian Football League. Um, I wanted to get to point three in the Quick Six Show topics. Uh, the Gold Cup, Canada's men's soccer team got the offense going uh, on Tuesday. A 4-2 win over Cuba after a disappointing opener, opening draw. That sets up Canada and the USA on Sunday in the quarterfinals. It's in Cincinnati and a spot in the semifinals on the line. So John Herdman's got the boys going now with the offense against Cuba. They were going to miss anyways and their two goals came on penalties. So uh, good effort from the Canadians. They rolled in that one, but a big test on Sunday against the Americans. Big day at Wimbledon, and we're gonna spend any free moment we have on Wimbledon. I'm really excited for today. I've been down here, so I haven't had a chance to go back and watch, but uh, Dennis Shapovalov finally got back on uh, the court. He's on the court right now. He had an extra day off because of the rain, so two days ago, he loses the opener to Albot 7-5, to five, and it was tied 2-2 in the second set before the break. And I think that that break was exactly what he needed because he came back, won the second set today, this morning, 6-4. And in the third set right now, Shapovalov is up a break, leading 3-1. Um, Actually, he's up a couple of break points, serving now up 3-1. But he trails 40-30 in that uh, game at the moment. Um, Milos Ranic is on to the second round of Wimbledon. He is returning to Wimbledon after a two-year absence. Lost the first uh, set to Novak 7-6 in a tiebreaker. And then won 6-4, 7-6, 6-1. So good stuff from the two Canadians on Wimbledon the men's side women's side more canadians are on the action as well um, this is great the 28 year old Zhao is in the second set she won the first set 6-1 she they are tied at four and she's on serve right now 30 30 4-4 in the second set um, other matches coming up later on today bianca Andrescu's on the court for her first round match and uh, Rebecca Moreno for her first-round match on the court later on this afternoon. Scheduled right now, not before 3 o'clock Eastern. Um, Layla Annie Fernandez is on to the second round. She's going to get an extra day off because of the rain. So there's that. That's really big in Wimbledon right now um, was the weather. But they're off and rolling. Carlos Alcaraz, Novak Djokovic, the top two seeds in the event are both moving on let's go to the youtube chat and see what's going on uh wayne grolo yeah he asked about the announcement the announcement was this that rod and i would be calling uh the international world flag football championships so excited about that um they've got a good chat going on right now uh talking cfl football um yeah and pat Janix in Saskatoon says me and Dunk didn't talk about Milos' big win on the tennis court this morning in England. Jug, you got to remember something. We're going to break here right away and have a little extra time for for, uh, our chat with Deshaun Amos on the other side of the break. But I was so excited to wake up yesterday to watch Milos Ronich play. I mean, he was number three in the world at one point. I mean, my tennis growing up, I mean you can go back to Daniel Nestor, but when I really started getting into tennis, it was Milos Ronich. and it was Federer, and it was Nadal, and then Djokovic, but it was Ronich. and I was excited to watch him play, and then the rain happens. I had my coffee. I was up at 7. I'm ready to roll, and it's delayed, and so today, he's on the court, and I'm traveling, and I'm here, so hopefully, I can find a place to watch it on the replay, and if not, It's good to know that Milos is on to the second round. Okay, we're going to break early. We'll see if we can get our CFLPA Player Spotlight segment on on the other side of the break. Uh, You're watching the RP Show. It's on Game Plus uh, TV all across Canada and into the United States. YouTube Live and Watch Area listening on demand on the podcast platforms including Apple and Spotify.
0: Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rob.
2: Okay, back inside the tent here in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is really cool to be on the campus of USC. A couple things I'm looking forward to this week is I get a chance to just look around and take in the surroundings. I've been facing the other way for so long. Um... I don't know how much you guys can hear what's going on behind me, but it is cool, and we're going to get a lot into the viewer takeover here in this segment. Looks like our CFLPA segment may get pushed. Um, They're having a little trouble logging in right now, but really excited to get Deshaun Amos into the program, so hopefully we can make that happen. Taking a look inside the uh, the comments Jeff the Stamps fan says Wimbledon is that on again this year? Yeah, it is and it's awesome and I love it. Okay, so back off. All right. No, it is. It is great. I love Wimbledon Um, Pretty awesome. So looking forward to that Um, Randy from the peg another win for Milos Yes How about that? Um, I got into tennis, John Ohm says, before Dupes was even born, watching John McEnroe at Wimbledon 1981. So, Jeff, the Stamps fan, asks, Who is the John McEnroe of the CFL? That's a great question. I got to think about that for a second because I didn't grow up watching John McEnroe, okay? So, you got to remember a couple things about sports. I think this is incredibly interesting, and we've got some time here to think about this. But. When I think of John McEnroe, be honest, he's a tennis commentator. He works for ESPN. He's an announcer for me. He's not a tennis player, right? Even though I know he's a tennis player and I know he's a good tennis player, it's that. I mean, everybody talks about John McEnroe, too, and the fiery personality, you know, the flamboyant, um, you know, arguments with, with officials on the court, um, you know, that kind of thing. The. the I guess you're, the rants would be fitting for this show, right? So John McEnroe for me is that. A lot of people will say that, you know, Randy Moss or Steve Young or, you know, Terry, Bra- Terry Bradshaw for me is a guy that sits on the morning show on Fox, the pregame show on Fox on Sundays. He's not a quarterback who won multiple Super Bowls because I never saw any of that. Tom Brady when he goes in the booth for me will always be Tom Brady the football player who became a broadcaster, right? So these guys really get to have two different careers, uh, which I think is really cool and you get known for different things. So um, I think they so when they ask who's the John McEnroe of the CFL? Travis, I think he's in Winnipeg says Steagle. Uh, Milt Steagle could be one. Yeah. What about today's game? Who is it Bo? He's not really the guy who gets loud on the field and, and, and talks to officials and, you know, really flamboyant, you know, really out there personality on the field. Um, I don't know who would be the John McEnroe of the Canadian football game. Maybe that's the problem, that we don't have that guy. I think of the NFL, well, I, I, I'd be careful about painting Antonio Brown with that brush, but he was becoming that. Not on the field with referees, but... You know, with his antics on the sidelines and then in public. Um, I don't know that John McEnroe really was a train wreck in public, at least not that I can remember. But it's a great question. Who is the John McEnroe of the Canadian Football League? Before we do that, speaking of the Canadian Football League, let's update the poll questions. And, Clark, do we have any results on YouTube on the poll question? Canada's game of the week. Your choices? Yes. Thursday, Edmonton at Sask. Friday, Calgary and Winnipeg. Saturday, Ottawa at Hamilton. And Sunday, BC's home to Montreal. I'm going to guess that it's Edmonton, Saskatchewan in a landslide on the poll. 37% Edmonton, Saskatchewan. Calgary, Winnipeg's 33. Calgary, Winnipeg's 33. Okay, so that's close. BC, Montreal was Justin Dunk's pick for um, game of the week. And I want to go through these quickly um, as I go to bet Regal. Uh, Saskatchewan favored by seven points over the Edmonton Elks in Thursday's game right now. Um, So there you go. The over-under is 43. On Friday, Winnipeg Blue Bombers are favored by eight over Calgary. By eight. Now they're at home, but that should concern Stamps fans. The over-under in that one, 46 and a half. Um, Hamilton home to Ottawa. Hamilton, slight favorites in Jeremiah Masoli's return. Two-and-a-half-point favorites. I like Ottawa on the road. Uh, If you're going to give me two-and-a-half points, I like Ottawa on the road in that one. I really do. Um, So we'll see. Over-under is 44 points. And BC, home to Montreal. This is shocking, too, with Montreal. I mean, they're coming off a loss against Winnipeg. BC's coming off a loss to Toronto. BC's at home. BC's favored by seven and a half points. I'm not sure what's up with these spreads. Nobody's betting on Montreal. I would take Montreal in a heartbeat if you're going to give me seven and a half points on the Owls and Cody Fajardo. Not that I don't think BC's the better team or deserves to be favored in the game, but by seven and a half points? I'm not so sure. Over-under in that game is 45 points. Interesting. If the Stamps beat Winnipeg, Jeff says, uh, the West is wide open, except for the Elks. Yeah, but if, what does Rod say? If my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle, right? I mean, if the Stamps beat Winnipeg. It's an eight-point spread. Final minute of play in hour one. We'll tell you coming up in hour two, Nick Alberga, as we'll go mostly hockey. This will make it really neat and tidy for Jordan and Clark to name the podcasts, as it was mostly CFL football, IN HOUR ONE, INCLUDING A REAL NICE PREVIEW INTO WEEK FIVE WITH JUSTIN DUNK. Hour 2, we're going to get into NHL free agency, and we're really going to talk about that. Nick Alberga will be alongside. And then we've got a really nice interview coming up in overtime about a really great foundation doing good work in Stars Air Ambulance. You're going to want to stick around for that. Get your text messages loaded up. 902-518-3033. We're going to empty them all in the next segment at the start of Hour 2, okay? So we'll do that coming up then. And the poll question, Canada's Game of the Week, still live at rodpeterson.com. Back with Hour 2 on Game Plus, YouTube Live, and on the podcast, it's the next episode.